Lord, we again acknowledge today that you're great. Uh, we, we really love the fact that you are in control right now. Lord, we uh, don't fully understand how you're all-powerful, but we are really glad to be able to pray to you as the all-powerful God right now. Lord, it blows our mind to think of you as the one that knows all, but we worship you as the God who knows all, and we're so glad to know you, and we're thankful that Jesus made a way for us to call you our, your, you our Father. Lord, we, uh, we don't understand your wisdom. Our wisdom is so limited, but we worship you as the God of wisdom. You are so wise, Lord. You, you never make a mistake. And so in the midst of, for all of us, for our families and for this church and for businesses that are represented by folks taking this in right now, Lord, we worship you as the God of wisdom. And we, we just state out loud together, we need your wisdom. And we pray that you'd lead us. Lord, as we read your word this morning, we want it to come to life for us. We want you to uh, teach us something. We want it to stick in our minds. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would, uh, you would, you would change us by a few minutes in your word today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we find ourselves the day after Independence Day celebration. Uh, evidently, it's been 244 years of celebration for the great United States of America. Uh, celebrating a day where we declared independence uh, from Britain, uh, from the nation called England, right? And uh, here we are in the middle of... Um, Obviously, a pandemic and uh, political chaos, certainly some really good racial conversations, and we're celebrating uh, our country and where we come from. I, I thought, you know, during this last little season, there's certainly been some things where you look back on the history of the United States and you go, man, we, we're, we're, we're somewhat ashamed of certain things. And then some things we're very ashamed of, right? So, this great country that I'm really proud to be a part of. I'm thankful that the Lord placed me in and don't plan on going anywhere else. Man, I'm, I'm just ashamed of, of American slavery. I, I, I wish we'd never chosen to go down that road. Even today, practicing in America right now, I'm ashamed of abortion and the fact that that is legal in our country. It's shocking. Um, and it, yet this is my place and these are my people and Despite the sin that has been true in our nation, I'm also really, really proud of things that the United States of America has done, things that very few nations have ever done in their history, the way we've gone to battle for other nations as they are, are, in, are being invaded by, by dictators of a variety of sources. We, we've been there for folks in ways that very few nations have, been, have ever done in history, which I actually think speaks to our forefathers. It makes me laugh a little bit when, like right now, some of the news is that some of the European nations are making fun of us for how we're handling stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys would be speaking German if it wasn't for the generosity of the United States of America. So there's been some stuff that we failed at, and there's been some stuff that, man, I'm extremely proud of. And on this holiday, though, uh, lots of folks soak in some sun, and it's nice to have a day off work. Man, I'm, I'm proud of this place, of the United States of America, and I feel responsible that I lead my people 
American citizens. I, I, I feel responsible that I lead them toward the ultimate answer, which is Jesus Christ. It's interesting, our forefathers, though they didn't all believe in Jesus, they established us as a kind of as an experimental republic. Uh, most folks call it a democracy, and they've given power to uh, individuals, which is crazy. And, and we as a, as a group, well, we fought over politics for 244 years, and we will continue. We've had wars, even civil wars, where we disagreed on stuff, and yet we've remained together. And I hope that that is still true after some of the days that we're about to come through. But one of the things that is undeniable is that these men that founded this nation, man, they had incredible wisdom. The way they put together the Constitution, uh, some of the work that they did way back then, uh, though it's flawed, full of wisdom to produce a nation like ourselves, certainly the wealthiest nation in the history of the world, arguably the greatest nation in the history of the world. I don't know what Rome would think about that or Egypt because they lasted a lot longer than 244 years. But, but here we are, a nation designed by some really wise men that created a government that has some checks and balances and, and has served us extremely well throughout our history. And I think we're all, as we go into another election and some of us sweat blood as we suffer through this and as we argue about the variety of issues that are before us right now, we hope that this nation that we're a part of stays together and continues to produce at least the things that we've been proud of. We, we will see. But there is no question, none, that those of us that are followers of Jesus, that we report to a God that is all wise, Right, so they wrote a pretty wise, full of wisdom constitution, and yet God gives us his word, which I print out so I can see on Sundays. He gives us his word, and it has no flaws. It leads us perfectly, and in conjunction with the Holy Spirit taking the words on these pages and drilling them down beyond just our intellect and into our heart, there's this possibility that you and I, as followers of Jesus, can carry his wisdom into our age, and we can represent God the Father through his son Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit to our world right now when it needs some people that are, have some wisdom. I don't know about you, but since COVID has uh, kind of dominated the news stream and, and uh, we continue to deal with the ramifications, I've had to make decisions and change decisions and make a decision and walk back a decision. And maybe if you're a leader at a business, you've had to do that. Certainly if you're, uh, if you are in charge of a home, you've had to do that in your home. You've let the kids go do something. And you've had to back it back and say, we can't do it. I've had to do that in the last week, which actually absolutely stunk. Our staff makes fun because I roll my eyes. I hate canceling stuff, but we really look forward to doing a youth camp. And man, with the COVID cases spiking, it just seemed like the wise thing to uh, walk back that decision and, uh, and, and cancel that week, which we've begun communicating to uh, a variety of our students that were really excited to go. It was a place where, you know, for me, I had huge life change. And so I hate to pull that back, but it seemed like the wise thing to do. We continue to meet outside on Sundays, which, you know, for, for some folks that might quit, but it seems like the wise way to us, that we should meet and it served us well so far and we'll continue until until that needs to change. So decision on top of decision, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little decision weary because 
a decision doesn't stick for a long time and we need wisdom. So there's this psalm. It's Psalm 111. Uh, we've talked about it. There's 150 psalms, so there's a bunch of them. If you were open your Bible right now, it would probably open to the book of Psalms. It's, a, it's this really large conglomeration of songs and poems written to the Lord, many of them by David, 73 by David, but you got a variety of writers, and some of them are anonymous. And so this one in particular, uh, as always, raises the Lord high, which I think is the ultimate right answer to the chaos of our world right now, to go back and look at King Jesus and be reminded that he's still in control and on the throne. And so the Psalms just consistently raise God up high, uh, and yet they do it in a very uh, artful kind of way. This, this particular poem is actually an acrostic, and, and it starts with, individual letters of the Hebrew uh, alphabet and kind of walks through, which we, we can't see in the English, English language. And so in order to read it, it, it'd be much better if somebody more poetic than me read it and read it with a rhythm because that's how it was written. But I, what I love is the way it starts and finishes. Before he presents his acrostic as a worship to our God, he just says, praise the Lord. For us, that's become a little cliche because it's been said for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so sometimes praise the Lord comes off just like this thing you say. Even folks that don't know Jesus might say praise the Lord when good news happens. But I, I actually really think it's a great thing for you and I as his followers right now to say. Maybe, maybe just say it to your spouse right now if you're taking it in together. Maybe pull out your phone if you're watching this alone and Send it to a friend. Just praise the Lord. Because when you praise the Lord, when you hold him up high, it takes your eyes off all the other things that keep creeping up high. The news feed just keeps creeping up. And it, it consumes our vision and our thoughts. And, man, quite honestly, it is just so tiring right now to take in that information. When I say praise the Lord, when I, when I remind myself that he's great, there's a lot of peace in that. And then the last line before, before he closes this psalm, he says, praise him forever. So, so not only praise him now and in this moment and sing and, and text it to a friend, but hey, as he presents the glorious God of the Bible, he says, praise him forever. Not, not just while you're alive, but the future generations of this planet. Praise the Lord. So let me read, to, read it to you. I'm going to read it kind of line by line. It will have no rhythm because I have very little rhythm but I'd like to read each line about our Lord and uh, just comment on as we go. You know how we do it, Radius. We read it and talk about it, read and talk about it. It starts like this. Praise the Lord, Psalm 111. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works, how gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the lands of their nations. All he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. They're forever true, to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom for his people, and he has guaranteed his covenant with them forever with a holy, awe-inspiring name that he has. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. 
All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. I will thank the Lord with all of my heart. Reading it in the New Living Translation, ESV says, with my whole heart. I always am convicted when I read that because the writer of the Psalms, whether it be David or another, it's almost as if they're telling themselves what they need to do because for me to praise the Lord, to thank the Lord with my whole heart is just challenging because I'm so distracted and I have all these moving parts in my life. And it is great for me to go back. And, and I, I even remember a time when I was praying, like, Lord, you know I love you with my whole heart. Like it's at the deepest level, it's just good to say it. It might be good for you to say right now. It might be cool for your kids to, to even look at you and say, Mom, I love you with my whole heart. There's something just rich about trying to take our whole heart and make a statement to the Lord. It says, I, I will thank the Lord with my, my whole heart as I meet with his godly people. I thought that was an interesting line for us right now, taking this on online. July 4th weekend, I know our folks at Radius are all over the place uh, at the beach, at least for the time being, unless they're going to be closed again. And at homes right here in Lexington and Saluda and Irmo uh, that you might be visiting a family member because you had a little time off and it might be taking us in, in in a totally different situation. But nonetheless, there seems to be this incarnational thing that's really important about thanking the Lord with all my heart as I meet with godly people. It just seems normal for the people of God, and New Testament would agree with this, to want to be together because we have this thing in common that we love the Lord. In our case, New Testament, we love Jesus. Hebrews actually gives us this thought in chapter 10 that we should not neglect the gathering together, which is really weird in the COVID season because I am completely comfortable with you choosing for your family to stay at home right now. But there's got to be this intentionality by us, even when we're in our homes, to reach out to other believers and not become isolated. Because, because it's really scary when we don't have enough energy, when we're too afraid to even talk via a phone or, uh, or iPhone to a friend or family member about Jesus. It's, it's a really important time for us to fight against isolation. And what we've got some folks actually taking in this video in a garage, pushing back against isolation, not comfortable with being in a big crowd in a parking lot or in a field, much more comfortable being in a garage. We've got folks that are just taking two or three families and gathering in a living room. Oh, that's really, really healthy and good. But even if you're not comfortable with that, it's a great time right after we're done talking to get on the phone and call somebody, FaceTime them and uh, talk about the Lord. Not about the problems of today, but talk about the Lord. It's normal and right for the people of God. Goes on to say, how amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him ponder them. I don't know what deeds you've seen in your lifetime. It's not very complicated. You walk outside and you can see the deeds of the Lord because of his creation. But we've also, many of us have seen him do really cool things. Um, I celebrated with a brother in Christ. Some of y'all, if you're taking this in out at Saluda, Trey Sheely, our campus pastor out there, he and his wife, Allie, uh, they adopted a child last weekend. And he sent me a couple pictures online. And, and all like, because he's been praying and Allie's been praying and we've been praying for this day. And I mean, we could chalk that up to just, const- you know, just like it was chance that they 
got this child at that particular time and in that particular way, but no chance for the followers of God. I actually rejoiced in the deeds of the Lord. And so I took that first line. One of the first things, I, I don't text this very often. I just text, praise the Lord. It's, it's a moment to hold the Lord high as, as he has lived out who he says he is. He's generous. He was generous to these guys as they applied for the, uh, adoption. And he was generous uh, to the child that was adopted into this great family. Uh, man, you can celebrate with Trey and Allie. If you're out in Saluda, I know you already are. Uh, as a part of the Radius family, just celebrate the fact uh, that this child has great parents and that these parents are so thrilled to have him. It's, it's uh, kind of cool to ponder the works of the Lord. Verse 3 reads like this, Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. Which, which, what does that mean? Everything he does reveals his glory. Remember last week we defined glory. Glory is the process of demonstrating one's attributes. So anytime God does something, he actually demonstrates his attributes. Some of y'all are great on the computer, and I need you to come to my house and fix some stuff. But when you get on there, the way you can navigate the computer and figure out how to fix and make stuff happen and make a calendar work, which I struggle with, make, make my uh, Zoom call work. I, I'm constantly grabbing somebody that knows something at Radius. Andy is the man, and, and we, we get him to look at something. And it actually, it, it's actually a moment of him demonstrating his attributes, his, his skill and his mind to be able to walk that through. And so it actually brings glory to Andy on our staff. You probably know somebody just like this. You might be this person with a computer. But when God moves, when that baby lands at the Sheely house, there's glory because he's, he's demonstrating one of his attributes. One, it's just creation. Anytime a child comes uh, onto this planet, it's awesome to see how God forms a child. And then, and then the generosity of God, the grace of God to provide for uh, Trey and Allie in that moment and in that way, and you have to get the story from them, is, uh, is beautiful. And so we say, praise the Lord. It reveals his glory. He says in verse 4, he causes us to remember his wonderful works, how gracious and merciful is the Lord. What a wonderful work grace is. How shocking is God's mercy in your life? Most of you have a story. I'm sitting in the Radius Lexington room like we do usually for video. And uh, I still remember a man sitting right back in the left corner one Sunday, walking up to the front. He looked rough. And uh, he brought his girlfriend up with him, and we prayed right here at the front. And, and now the same man sits right up here on the front right um, having been completely transformed by the Holy Spirit, when he walked from the back corner, kind of, kind of just convicted by God and not really ready to believe yet, right? Not really ready to believe yet, but he wanted to ask more questions about God. He was a drug addict. He was deeply uh, immersed in the drug scene, and he was just in trouble, as was his girlfriend. Over uh, the course of really months and even years, he uh, got sent to prison and actually met Jesus in prison and was transformed. And now sits up here with his wife and his child and worship the Lord. I mean, 
Does that not make you want to say praise the Lord because of the grace of God as you see a man transformed from who he was then to who he is now? And, and there, there's this temptation because that was such a drastic change to disconnect from that story and say, yes, that was the grace of God. But really for you and me, there's this constant reminder that I was this, even though I never was a drug addict, I was a sinner. I had no chance of relationship with the father. And now I actually call him daddy because of the work of Jesus on the cross and because of him living out that attribute of God, which is the attribute of love and grace. And this particular verse argues for his graciousness. Verse five, he gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. I love that. You know anybody that always remembers his covenant? Like I take it really personal that I keep my word and I try to keep my word. Uh, I don't do it perfectly, but I try to keep my word. Anytime I say something, I want to deliver. But I, truth be known, 52, sometimes I forget what I said. Like, even with a good heart, even trying to be honest and true, I can't even always remember what I promised. So, so we have to put some of that stuff in writing, right? When, when you buy something, you buy a building or a car, you got to put it in writing. You got to put what you're agreeing to because not because necessarily you're going to be dishonest, but because you might forget. It says he never, he never, he always remembers his covenant. And David, uh, David didn't write this, but the writer is speaking of the Jews and, and how God is going to be true to his covenant. And you and I as followers of Jesus, based on the blood and broken body of Jesus, we know he's going to be true to that covenant that he's made with us. He's shown great power to his people by giving them the lands of other nations. For those of y'all don't know your Bible very well, if you want some entertaining reading, you go back to the Old Testament and uh, you get past the books of Moses and there's this little book called Joshua. I think it's 24 chapters. I'm not 21, 24 chapters. And it's just the story of how God gives them the promised land. This guy Joshua leads him. If, if you're a young man, you'll like it because there's lots of wars and lots of fighting. And, uh, it's pretty some crazy stories of uh, that's where the, the walls of Jericho come in. You, you, God's giving them these lands and these nations. And for some of you, that may bug him. How can God give them land? Well, that's because he's God. And he promised them that land. And so he removes the nations that are in place. And you can read Judges, which has some similar stories. First and second Samuel, as David becomes king, he says he's shown great power to his people, speaking of the Israelites, by giving them the lands of other nations. All he does is just and good and his commandments are trustworthy. Honestly, I read that line and I, I barely know how to understand our God. It's a mystery to me how all that he does is just and good because I don't know anybody that's fully just and good. I don't know anybody close. I know my own heart. And I don't understand how our God is all just and all good. But believing it brings uh, tremendous peace. I mentioned a book last week, and again, I'll encourage you to get it. If you want to worship and you want to and you want to grow in the Lord uh, in a in a worship kind of way, in knowledge way of who He is, pick up the book by Tony Evans. Our God is awesome. It's uh, about twenty chapters long. They're slow reads. I'm reading it right now. It just makes me worship and then I, I find myself full of peace and confidence after reading because I'm not focused on who I am. I'm focused on who he is. And even as the title says, he's awesome. And so there's rest in his greatness. 
He says about the commandments of God that they are forever true, to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He's paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant to them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. If you've been at Radius very long and you're actually with us when we're indoors, we're actually doing this outdoors. We, every week, set out communion. We do that on purpose because we want to constantly remind ourselves of this covenant he made with us. We want to remind ourselves that he paid the full ransom with the blood of Christ on the cross. So when we take that juice, even though sometimes it becomes duty and we've done it over and over and over, we want to constantly remind ourselves that we've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and we have rights to be called sons of God. That's, that's something to celebrate. That ransom for us has been paid and now he's my father. So let me, let me just remind you this. If you're, you haven't really felt comfortable getting out yet, it's still really appropriate to do communion in your home. You don't have to have just the right grape juice or just the right kind of bread. It'd be really healthy as a family after you ate lunch today to take a little bread and take a little whatever kind of juice you've got, pass it around the table and remember that you've been ransomed. I was in college. I'm walking down the hall and it's Older guy that I respected, he knew the Lord. He pulled me in his room. And he said, break bread with me. And I'm like, what, what does he mean? And he, he reaches in his little fridge in his room and he's got some juice and he puts it in two cups and he's got a little piece of bread. And he, he tears off this big piece of bread and, and, and said, hey, let's worship Jesus. We had communion in his room right then and there. And in every way, it was reverent to the king of glory because we were saying, that he has saved us. I've done it in my house. I've done it with friends. Um, and that's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm actually, I, I've been, the Bible calls me a priest. Since Jesus is the high priest and that I'm a priest and that I, I have, because of the blood of Jesus, have direct access to the Father. So doing communion is not this thing that you can't do at your home. It'd be really cool to do right now because this pastor says he's paid a full ransom for his people. He has guaranteed his covenant. It is a, uh, a great way to remember that as a family. Last verse, big verse. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Man, it's a, a great reminder when me and you, as we lead our families, uh, as we make decisions at work or at school, while everything's in chaos, it's a... Uh, a great reminder of how to be wise, how to gain wisdom. And what does he say? The fear of the Lord, and one translation says, is the beginning of wisdom. So being afraid, right, of the Lord, is that, is that actual? Fear, re respect of the Lord. The, the word there really kind of is the same word we use for reverend. So don't ever call me reverend because I, I am not to be revered. I've been called the Rev, which I guess is okay. But man, when we use the word revere or reverence, really speak more about who God is because there's this respect for him that is unique only to him as the great God of the universe. So we, when we fear the Lord, when we put him in that respectful place where there's literally a little quaking in our boots in his presence, it's actually the beginning of wisdom. It moves us to a place where we can make good decisions. This book called uh, Our God is Awesome it has a whole chapter on, on one of the attributes of God is that he's wise. And, and 
Tony Evans actually argues that wisdom, that his attribute of wisdom actually ties all the other attributes together and kind of puts them in play at the right moment, which is a lot how it works at your house. As, as a dad or a mom, you, you're taking these attributes, the, all the knowledge and experience that you gained, and then some of your intuition in the moment of what's going on, and you take all that stuff and wisdom pulls it all together and helps you make a decision on the fly. And we've had to make a lot of decisions here in the last few weeks. This is a great reminder uh, that following the all-wise God is the best way to be wisdom, wise in this crazy season in our, in, in our country. I wanted to read you this passage from Romans chapter 11. It says this about God. Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and ways. You feel that? Every one of his attributes overwhelm me. They're mysterious to me. I do not understand how he can. I almost don't even understand how he needs wisdom because he already knows everything and he's sovereign, controls everything. So it's just mind-boggling to me, which makes us want to worship. It says, for, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that, he need, that God needs to pay it back? <laughs> right? Nobody. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. And our little chapter here closes. Praise him forever. So in a society that seems like they end every conversation by be safe. <laughs> the safest generation in the history of the world. Right? All we can talk about is be safe. And, and yet we're all afraid for our safety during this season. It is wonderful to come back and remind ourselves who God is and rest in his greatness. And this particular psalm would point to a variety of his attributes and at the end remind us that he's all wise. He knows exactly how to lead us. This year, 2020, though some folks want to mulligan, want to start this year over, he'll know how to lead us next year and he knew how to lead us a thousand years ago. Let's pray to him now. Jesus, we worship you as the son of God, as the one who carried the attributes of your father and made them known to us on this planet. We saw you walk this earth and we can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John and see all the wisdom that you, you uh, carried out as you walked the planet and dealt with people like us. And we pray that you deal with us now through your spirit, that you continually share your wisdom with us, that you'd make us, the people of Radius, a wise people. I pray particularly for us with our tongues and our fingers as we type that you would have us stand out in Lexington and Saluda and Irmo and, and uh, make us folks that are wise. And that people would even look in and say, that's, that's really wise what he or she said. Lead us down that road, I pray, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this will be our new format. At the end of the message, we'll ask a couple questions and then just kind of cut it away to your family and let you take it from there. So, so here's the question. Kids, this will be, be a good one. You can't, you can't name your mom and dad as the answer. So I want to know, kids, adults, who's the wisest person you know? And so what would be fun around the dinner table, if there's a few of you taking this in, is, is uh, to name them and then tell why they're the wisest. 
if you, you're sitting and taking this in alone, it'd be really cool for you to pull out your phone and text or call somebody who has trusted you with some wisdom. I still remember uh, wanting to buy a car and my dad walking me through the wisdom between new car and used car. He didn't tell me which one to decide. He actually walked them right. It was even wise the way he did it. And that's a gift to me. So just celebrate somebody who has shared wisdom with you. And then what would be cool as a family or, or even you as an individual, speak to the Lord right now and ask him for wisdom. He's the great wise God. Ask him for wisdom and pray specifically about a couple of decisions that you have to make right now for your family. That would be a great way to kind of take that Psalm 111 and bring it into our world right now. Hey, we, we love y'all. We're looking forward to continuing to do this together. We're going to stay together as a family and uh, hopefully in this crazy virtual kind of way, really love on each other, even from a distance.